Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Tony. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 78, recorded on July 1st, 2019. Why is it already July? Yeah, that was my thoughts exactly. Where did June go? Where did June go? We have misplaced June, and June, if you hear this, please contact us, because we're <laughs> we're trying to find you. No, seriously, holy cow, this is... Mistakenly time-traveling or something? Oh, interesting. I, I, I can see Simon sitting at home and just going, why do these clowns do this without me? <laughs> anyway, so it's uh, it's... It's been kind of quiet. Yeah, well, it's the summertime, I suppose, so things do calm down a little, at least. True, true. There have been some interesting updates and some interesting announcements. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the uh, Microsoft Ignite the tour. Ah, yes, the tour for 2020. 2020, correct. Yep. Did you go to the tour in Stockholm? No, I missed that. That's a pity because it was, it was pretty good. Yep. And they, they, as in Microsoft, thought it was such a good idea to do this. So they've decided to expand a bit 2020. A bit, you say? A bit, yes. So according to my math, which by um, everybody's definition is crap, I've counted up to 30 cities. 30 cities. 30 cities as in three zero cities. That has to be pretty much every continent in the world, right? Pretty much. And I mean, it's just three three uh, cities in, in North America. That's Toronto, Washington, and Chicago. Okay. Then we have a lot. Well, as... 27 outside of the U.S. then. Yeah. Or and... Toronto is not really USA, but... Well, it's it's northern, the northern U.S., but or the nor- North America, yeah. I should say. And then we have 12 cities in Asia Pacific. Wow. Yeah. That is wow. Uh, how long do, did they last uh, this year or last year? Was it like one day, two days, three days? It was one, two, three days, depending on where you went. Okay, sure. And this seems to be two-day events all over. Yeah, two-day events, which I think is, is a reasonable number. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that's pretty much like, you know, the best of Ignite tour. Yeah, it is. It is. But it runs all through, let's see here, May. It starts in, oh, there's actually, a, oh, right, that's November in 2019. That's EMEA. So we have both 2019 and 2020. So oh, wait, now, uh, is, it, is the Ignite tour in November 2019 when the actual Ignite is actually taking place? November 13 and 14. Okay, in, so that's like the week after the actual Ignite. Yes, in, in Paris. Okay. They kick it off. And then we go to, oh, let's see, London, January in 2020. So it, it's a lot of, of cities. It's a lot of, of content. And I think it's going to be epic. Yeah, sounds like it indeed. So I'm, I'm hoping to be part of the Stockholm that's in May, May 5 to 6. Yep. Uh, I got the um, opportunity to speak at last Stockholm. That was great. A lot of people, interesting stuff. Uh, then some people don't like to present 
pre-cooked sessions. I got a session that Christian Wade, one of the program managers for Power BI, usually does. Yeah. And let's just say that it is completely impossible to do it like Christian does. But I did my best to channel my inner Christian Wade. <laughs> and I had a few coaching sessions with Christian Wade. And I think it, it went pretty pretty well. But some people prefer to do their own things. Some people enjoy doing things that they get handed. Eh, I'm more than happy to do either. Okay, sure. We talked a bit about Bastion. Uh, yeah, the last time for about two weeks ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Uh, well, I actually almost got it running uh, just days after uh, the recording session we did. Uh, at the time of the recording, uh, I couldn't even find actually the Bastion uh, mm -hmm. configuration in there. Um, but like a day, two days after, I found it uh, through a preview portal site. So then it was available there. So you had to, it wasn't really that much of a configuration. I, I mean, you give it a name, you attach it to your VNet, and uh, that's pretty much it. Then you just finished the configuration and I got an error back. Yeah. So I'm not really sure uh, what went wrong there or if I like need to sign up for the preview somehow or something like that. Uh, but uh, the configuration failed at least. So um, I didn't really have time to go troubleshooting that uh, in depth or anything or even contact support or something like that. Uh, but the feature was actually there. So I don't know. Is it, it should be working. Is it in the portal now, or do you still have to go through a preview thingy? As far as I know, it is still the preview portal thingy. Uh, but give me a second, I can just quickly have a check. So browse to portal.com or azure.com. Interesting. So, uh, but as, as far as I could tell, it actually creates like a jump host machine on yeah. that virtual network. Uh, yep. So you need a uh, slash dash 29 network uh, inside your VNet to be able to deploy uh, the Bastion service. Let's see, search for Bastion in the regular portal and you get nothing. Oh, Oops. really? Yeah, yeah, so it's still not in the regular portal at least. Huh. Uh, and then you just connect through that host into your virtual network or the hosts running there, either it be Linux or Windows through yeah. HHS or RDP. Cool. No, I think it's a, it's a very obvious step and a very, very good one because I've had my share of people putting their VMs, exposing them all over the internet. So. Yep, same here, same here, definitely. So the, yeah, this should be deployed by pretty much everyone immediately. Yeah, because it tends to get a bit messy when you need to clean it up. Yep, indeed it does. <coughs> all right, um, let's see. Oh! I'm going to talk about something completely off script. Oh, go ahead. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yes. Oh, well, I actually read somewhere. I think it was like last week that they are on the rise again. Uh, I mean, like value, the value of Bitcoin. That's the thing. Because I, I enjoy data, right? So I found a site that gives you minute by minute information about Bitcoin. Okay. So I decided to do a quick and dirty Power BI um, visualization just to see where are we at and it is definitely rising again so i decided yeah what the heck let's buy some bitcoin because <laughs> I, I i had no idea how to do it where to go what to do just oh so you why. haven't looked into that before at all at all pretty no, much nothing okay, neither have i actually but now i have and i decided to buy a 
fairly small amount of Bitcoin. And it's kind of fun to look at it because between 10 minutes, it could fluctuate. It, it, it could fluctuate like you wouldn't believe. Okay. So let's just say I have a, a 100 euros in, in Bitcoin. Sure. And as I was looking at it, it was 140 euros. And <laughs> then I took a, a cup of coffee and came back. It was 80 euros. And later that night, it was like 195 euros. <laughs> and I think when I went to bed, it was about 120 euros. So it, it fluctuates like nothing. But I can almost guarantee that unless it, it, it goes down, which is a bummer, I cannot get a worse return of my money with Bitcoin than for the Swedish banks. Yeah, yeah. So the risk is a lot higher, obviously, but yes. but still the returns are also much, much higher. So Much higher, yeah. But it's, I, I think it's it's an interesting system, and I've read some things about it, and, and some people say that it's easier to tip the scales during the weekends when not as many people are active. And that is very obvious if you just uh, visualize the, uh, the price of Bitcoin, because it tends to spike during weekends. Okay. Kind of cool. Yeah. I actually think I saw <coughs> like a YouTube video uh, made, I don't know, it must have been like five years back or something. Mm -hmm. It was called the Bitcoin Lamborghini. Yeah. So someone actually did that. Well, there is a guy, and I'm not going to name him, in the Secret Server community that made an amazing amount of money on Bitcoin. As in amazing amount of money. He is not doing anything that he is he doesn't want to do anymore sure so it is it is possible then again i i have a few friends a few former colleagues that bought a computer mouse for six bitcoin that's that, a darn expensive mouse <laughs> that was when the, the bitcoin was slightly lower yeah yeah so yeah it's it's an interesting it's so an interesting six idea bitcoins that's what like eight thousand dollars today or something like that no 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 uh, one Bitcoin is... 10,000 krona? No, 100,000 krona. Ooh. So that, that's almost a million dollar mouse yep. in today's Bitcoin. Yep. That's a blingy mouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking of something else that just became slightly blingier. Okay. The Azure Data Lake is pretty much the no-limits storage area in, in Azure, right? Sure. And you can put in pretty much anything you want for a very, very small price tag. So it is the place to just pour in every, every conceivable piece of data you have, do something with it, and refine it and put it back in there. But we just got a new um, integration with EventGrid. So that means that Data Lake will now produce events for, for instance, creating files, renaming files, deleting files that you can capture with EventGrid. In turn, you can use Logic Apps, basically anything you want inside of Azure with little to no code. Okay. So this means that I can have an automated flow where I just pour in a crap ton of files from an IoT system. And as soon as they hit the data lake, the data lake creates an event or lots of events that 
tells a Databricks server that, well, you have work to do, dude. Go ahead and do it. And it does it and writes it back to, to the data lake. And this is no longer something that I need to create a flow for. I don't okay, so you can pretty pipeline. much just attach triggers and stuff to the yes. events. Okay, cool. Yes. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. And of course, you can you can use this for, for cost management, tagging, um, work with Databricks or SQL Data Warehouse or basically anything you can think of. So having this event, event-driven analysis and, and, and event driven stuff inside of the data lake is staggering it's it's so easy to it's so easy to think of now that they're put it in there but yeah i i i really looking forward to to this okay very cool yep in other files premium files what's yeah <coughs> so azure premium files uh, went generally available uh, mm -hmm. i think late last week right so it has been in preview for quite a while. I think it was announced even, was it prior to last Ignite? I think so, yeah. So it's been in preview for quite a while. Um, so Azure Files, what is it? Mm -hmm. uh, SMB storage in the cloud, pretty much. Wait, we've had this in Azure for a long time. Isn't it just a storage account? Yeah, well, basically it is a storage account, but it is, you, uh, you can use SMB to access it. You can also use the <coughs> Azure files for Windows Server file systems, uh, the client to attach to this. Right. So you can get like very fast access by caching the data in your file server and then store cold data up in the Azure cloud. Oh, and this caching is automatic? Yep. You can make the adjustments yourself. So how much and when and when and why. How oh, much? Nice. So the, the thought behind this at least originally, was to uh, try to get rid of your on-premise file servers, mm -hmm. pretty much. Would you say that this service is, is good enough for that? Uh, well, since you are still caching your hot data in your local file server, the user experience should be pretty much the same. Uh, let me stop you right there. What kind of file server do you need as a caching server? A Windows file server, just, just your regular Windows file server. So six share SMB share. Okay, but everything on there is automatically synced to the cloud. Exactly, the cloud. The you, cloud. As you put it, right? Azure. Yes. And also, you can just you know use your Windows client to just map to the SMB share. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Straight away. So. So what's what's this new feature then? Um, Premium something something. Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, I think it was just backed by SSDs. And this this kind of brings into focus the, do you really need the caching server with SSDs? Yeah, I suppose you do. Because even though the Azure Premium Files backend is extremely fast, sure. you will still have the latency over internet. The darn latency. Yep. Yeah, so that... that really doesn't work that well with file access, at least. That's my experience mm. still today, even though you have like, I don't know, a 100 megabit internet connection or gig internet connection, there is still the latency that makes file experiences usually not that great. Because unfortunately, we are still battling the old 
darn light speed. Not sure what light speed is actually. Light speed? You know light? Yeah, the speed of light, sure. But exactly. I thought like light speed was some sort of... No, no, know. no, the speed of light. Oh, okay, sure. Apparently it doesn't change. <laughs> Darn those physics. Yes. <laughs> you know, I can actually hear Albert Einstein turning over in his grave <laughs> rapidly. The spinning Albert. Yes. I think that's a, that's um, a power producer in itself. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway, so... The the question is, the premium fives. What kind of of a usage scenario do you envision for the the premium part of this? Uh, also, a very good question. There is a huge thing I actually missed prior to us going live on this uh, uh, podcast. That is the premium part of Azure Files. Oh, really? <laughs> so l- let's let's shelf that and come back. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. So I've had a few interesting updates. They're they're kind of small and sneaky. They are updates to the Power BI data flows. So what not everybody knows is that the data flows has kind of became their own thing. It used to be a, well, it still is a part of, of Power BI, but it has also started its own life as the product data flows. And I, I'm thinking that we're gonna see more and more um, divergent, just like with shared data sets and, and in turn um, data flows, we can decouple reports from the data sets. We're going to see more and more decoupling of Power Query from Power BI. So we have two new things. One is the enhanced compute engine which is like 20 times faster when it comes to Power Query um, working. This is a preview feature, and it is, as far as I know, only available for the dedicated capacity. But it's a new way of of structuring and working with Power Query that is much faster. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. And also, something that has been in the works for a bit is the data flow templates. And templates gives you a pretty much out of the box, predefined set of entities and mappings to enable flow from from the uh, source to destination. You don't need to create everything from scratch. You have a template and you plug it into your environment. And for instance, we have templates for for, uh, Dynamics 365 for sales. We have Um, templates for Salesforce and this makes it so much easier to extract and use the data that you need for any specific uh, reason. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of more templates are going to come out and I think they're starting with the um, Dynamics stuff. Okay. We'll see. Uh, That sounds very interesting. I think you actually might need to show me some of these Power BI stuff someday. Uh, just so I can get a better insight in what you're actually talking about. Sure. And what I think is going to happen is that you're going to see how easy it is to visualize things. And I'm thinking something with AD. Because just keeping track of the number of admins at any given moment, um, that kind of stuff, it's it's dead easy. And yeah, you're going to like it. Yeah, I think so. 
just to get a little, a little bit better insight in what that actually does or how, how you do visualize the data you have. Yeah, 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 sure. Anybody who who's ever done Excel has kind of done Power BI. There has been a new viewer role announced for the Power BI workspaces, and that is exactly what it says on the tin, a role that can only read. This has been missing from the um, workspaces earlier. And this has just started rolling out and should be complete. Oh, it should have been completed two days ago. And I think that's that's pretty, pretty true. Previously, we had a member that we have the ad admin and we had the member that could both create and update content. The admin can also give this uh, privilege to others. The viewer is a complete read only. The funny thing is you can actually use role level security as in whenever you have a role level security security set on a data set, you only see the rows of data that your user is allowed to see. And this is also enforced with the viewer role. So I'm very happy to see this. And this is pretty much the final nail in the coffin for my Power BI course that I did for Pluralsight because I think everything has changed. Okay. And th this is a this is a great uh, step in the right direction. So this has actually been missing before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th this this has been missing from the modern workspaces that came out last year. Yes, came out last year. And uh, th this was kind of the final piece of the puzzle. So I'm, I'm very happy to see it coming out. I think there is a pretty good segue here, actually. Oh, do it. Well, you did mention, you know, uh, like visualizing your AD. Mm -hmm. So I have actually recently found a new PowerShell script that is called AD Recon. Mm -hmm. I have previously used other types of scripts that pretty much do the same thing. Right. So you just... <clears throat> run a PowerShell command and it goes in and checks out your AD and stuff and just pushes out the report on that. Sure. So the AD Recon script is a new variant, or new to me at least. I don't know how long it's been out there. Right. Uh, but I had a chance to actually give it a try and it was very extensive. So if you need to get a good overview of your AD content, and by AD I mean pretty much everything in your AD, including DNS, service accounts, computers, groups, users, members of groups, um, seed history stuff, LAPS. Holy cow, how large is this script? Uh, well, I think it's pretty huge, actually. But It's let, pretty huge. Yeah, okay. well, let me see. I have it downloaded here. So it is 581 kilobytes. Wow. So that's a lot of rows in PowerShell, right? Does it read your mail? And can it, can it cook, make you coffee? While it's running, it possibly could if you just, you know, give it a coffee right. <laughs> attribute as well. Wow. Uh, so I had a chance to try it out and um, it puts out pretty much like, I don't know, 20 something PowerPoint. No, sorry, Excel tabs with information, including, as you said, the amount of domain admins, who they are, how long they've been there, password expiry, pretty much everything you would like to know and then some. So if you need to do some sort of AD inventory or just you know get a look of the day or whatever, uh, you like to visualize it in Excel, 
run this script, let it run in the background while you get your coffee. When you come back, the report should be done. And it is an extensive report. So this is a very good tool. I can recommend everyone to try it out. It is available, available on GitHub as well. I think we are, as usual, providing the link in the oh, description yeah, yeah. thing. Are, would you say that this is a one shot or is this something that you would use continuously? Uh, well, for me at least, because I usually, you know, attend to different customers' ADs, mm -hmm. this would be a very good tool to have in your toolbox, uh, just to get an initial insight into what does this AD actually look like without going through the everything manually. Right. Because um, it would be a bit of a, yeah, not fun. Uh, no, and it would be time consuming. Right. Uh, if not anything else. Uh, so, uh, I have used a script before called AD Asset. Uh, which also does the same type of thing, thing as this does. It gives you an HTML report, if I remember correctly. Okay. But that is not nearly as extensive as this one. However, that does a few other things that this does not. So oh, interesting. I suppose they go like hand in hand somehow. But uh, I definitely think people that are in, into AD stuff should uh, check this out. I thought it was a very extensive and nice reports. Interesting. Would you say that this, if, if you were to run this every day, just for sake of the argument, do you think there is enough information in there to uh, create a dashboard so you can keep track of these things or visualize things as they come in? Uh, well, if you could somehow <clears throat> uh, take all these data that this produces and just push it into Power BI, sure, I suppose you could make some sort of visualizations from that. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like something we need to take a look at because I'm kind of curious to see what kind of data that pops out of that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, even schema history, seed history, things like that that usually no one thinks about, those are also included in these reports. That's interesting. So you can actually track changes. Yeah, including schema history. Ooh, that's good for, for a security point of view as well. Yeah. Very interesting. So All right, so let's just see here. We've had a pretty hectic first six months of this year, I'd say. And let's just say that we have a lot of stuff coming up in the fall as well. We have, for instance, the, the main event, Ignite, which is going to be awesome. As it usually does. Yes, and hopefully not as hot... Because you don't do heat. Not very well, no. No. I love heat, but both you and Simon looked like you wanted to die when we were in Orlando. I was happy as a clam. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, we're going to have a few more interesting people on. I have a few uh, interviews lined up, and I'm pretty sure that you do too, as does Simon. So interesting things ahead, I think. But it's time to take a break over the summer, unless Simon and I or you decide that, no, we have had enough of this vacation thingy <laughs> and bust out the recording gear and, and do something. But otherwise, I think it is time to end this show and we will be back probably in August. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I'll um, be back from vacation at the... The, the second week of August, I think. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be back somewhere around there as well. Um, I'll be 
dropping out of vacation to go to Tech Mentor in Seattle for just a, a quickie. I'm going to do two sessions there. That's going to be fun. But until then, thank you very much for listening and have a good one. Bye. Bye.